are Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Locked on Flames. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Head on over to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off of your next order. Daryl Sutter had plenty to say about Johnny Gaudreau's performance, and the Flames walk away with a win against the Jets. Hello, everybody, and happy Monday. I hope you're all doing well and you had a safe and fun weekend. I'm sure you're, you know, having a case of the Mondays like most of everybody else out there. So I'm hoping that this podcast helps you get through it. And I'm here for you every day of the week. So don't forget to subscribe. Friday's night, Friday night's game was a bust. I... (laughs) I don't even know what to make of it, honestly. The Flames lost 3-2, to two, making that four straight losses. And I am trying very hard not to be one of those people that's like, blow it all up, just do it, just do it. Because in reality, like you can't just trade away all of your players. <laughs> that's not how that works. And this is uh, salary cap issue so you know you got to get a little creative there and it just felt like a mismatched game to me I'm not really sure what I expected against Winnipeg but Winnipeg came out and Blake Wheeler had a uh, power power play goal to start the game and they had a two-goal lead heading into the third period and then it finally looked like the Flames were somewhat alive when Lucic and Kachuk scored the two goals of the game, but unfortunately it wasn't enough as the Flames, I mean, sorry, the Jets scored one more. One thing I was impressed by was the fact that they had split the face-off wins right down the middle. You know, I think it was last week or the week before against Toronto where it was such an off-balanced face-off matchup, and the Flames only had like a 35%, I believe. Also, sorry in advance, I am still living in a construction zone, so I'm doing my best to edit out the sounds in the background and everything, but unfortunately, I can't get all of them. I'm very interested to see how the remainder of the season goes for Calgary. I think that it's literally going to be a game-by-game basis based on, you know, the effort that the team's giving, the coaching decisions, which we are going to talk about next segment because lineups for tonight's game have been projected, and Daryl Sutter needs to be behind bars, okay? (laughs) No, I'm completely kidding, but some of this stuff is just asinine, and I am blown away that this is um, the way that things are going right now in Calgary. But like I said, coming up next, we are going to talk about Saturday's game along with the lineups for tonight and some of the projected starting lineups and things like that. And to wrap up the show, we will absolutely be talking about Daryl Sutter's unnecessary comments 
about Johnny Gaudreau. Built Bar is the only protein bar you need in your life. They taste just like a candy bar covered in 100% chocolate, high in fiber, high in protein, low in sugar, and they are what you need to get you through the day to help you lose weight, maintain weight. Great for anybody on the keto diet and certainly great for anybody who has a sweet tooth. And you can head on over to builtbar.com and Use promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off of your next order. Locked on Flames continues. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. Saturday's game started off with me having little to no faith in <laughs> this team. And I feel like everybody has kind of been there at this point <laughs> with the team, but on a p- more positive note, you know, they did win, which is great. And it was Johnny Gaudreau's 500th career game. And the team at first looked horrendous. You know, I don't know what it was and what clicked eventually, but it just, it, I don't understand. It was so frustrating to watch. But when you break down the numbers, the Flames outplayed Winnipeg. In the first period, you know, they outshot them 16 to 7, and I I don't know how. (laughs) I really don't. I was so confused watching it. I ended up going from the living room to my bedroom to uh, watch the game. But before I (laughs) made that full transition, I had stopped in the bathroom to, you know, brush my teeth, you know, do my whole bedtime routine because I was like, this first period, like, I don't know if I want to watch it, watch the rest of it. And uh, Josh Levo scored. And then not too long after, uh, Gio scored. So I was just kind of like, okay, maybe I don't need to watch the rest of this game because as soon as I stopped watching, they started playing well. So naturally, I took my time getting the second period up and running on my TV because I was like, oh, you know, like they'll play well if I don't watch. So I barely watched the game. I had it on in the background for a little bit, but once Winnipeg tied it up in the second, I was kind of like, okay, why am I doing this to myself? But, you know, I have to watch this game for work. This is a job for me. So, uh, you know, Winnipeg tied it up, but the Flames had shut them down for the rest of the game, which I thought was rather impressive because we know that Winnipeg can score and we know that they're an offensive weapon like that's their power <laughs> you know sorry I got very distracted by the noise outside but they are a no team is a juggernaut okay none of them but they have that ability to score and it's a little scary you know it is um <laughs> when you go up against Winnipeg you know, probably a few years ago, you were thinking about how scary their defense was. But when you have all these players that can score and, you know, they did trade for Pierre-Luc Dubois earlier this season. And I think that they're doing pretty well. I'm pretty sure that they are second in the division. So they've pretty much solidified a spot in the playoffs and good for them. But I was just blown away by... The Flames' performance. I mean, the third period went on with Mangiapane and Bennett scoring to making it 4-2, to two, which was impressive because I feel like we aren't seeing the Flames score that many goals. And, you know, we've seen them play 
this weird, I don't even want to call it a style of hockey, but it just feels like they're not there. And I'm literally take a shot every time I've said this this season, but it feels like they're not on the same page as a team with the coaches and the front office and management as well. But I am also really appalled by this. Manjupani cross-checked Shifley like in the chin. I couldn't tell if it was like the mouth or like the neck. And it was the second, it was in the second period, and he only received two minutes for roughing. Um, I don't like that. I think that that is a play that we have seen become used more. Um, I'm specifically thinking since like the 2019 playoffs, um, where Nazem Kadri cross-checked Jake DeBrusque like in the throat and face and left him concussed. But I don't know. I really, really don't like that at all. And I know that Mangiapane is still a young player, but that's not an excuse for this. He should have received, you know, uh, no, like two minutes for roughing is unacceptable, and he should have absolutely received some sort of supplementary supplemental discipline. And you know, I know that I'm pretty sure that would be his first offense, but you know, you can still set a precedent there, and you know, fine at minimum. But <laughs> as I'm recording this, I just saw the projected lines and. I have some thoughts. They are set to play the Jets tonight at 8 p.m. And, boy, you guys, Sutter has Mangiapane on the fourth line. That's criminal. That is so disrespectful to the player who scored your go-ahead goal in a tied-up game two nights ago. And I really think that Mangiapane should be a top-six player. And quite honestly, I would not be surprised if he was like, I want a trade. I want to win. I know I am deserving of a top six role, so give it to me. (laughs) But they're also sticking with the same defensive pairings as well and same top six. Again, why Michael Stone is in over Oliver Shillington is beyond me, and I just... that. That kid is never, ever going to develop into an NHL player unless he gets playing time, unfortunately. You know, he's so much better than Nesterov and Stone. So figure it out. But their third line was Nordstrom, Backlund, and Bennett. Or their fourth line. I I don't know. They... They switch them around <laughs> sometimes, so I'm just, oh my god, I, I'm confused. I don't get any of this anymore, but uh, coming up next, we are going to talk about Daryl Sutter's comments and why I think that this whole thing needs to just go, <laughs> but first we're going to talk about our friends at Bet Online AG. You guys know that Bet Online AG is where you need to be. Placing your bets for sports, entertainment, and reality TV, you name it, they've got it. You can head on over to Bet Online AG and use promo code LOCKED ON for a 50% welcome bonus after you sign up for your free account. That's pretty awesome. You know, they have everything you could 
ever dream of on a sports betting website. It's the one place we trust and the one place we use. So head on over to BetOnlineAG today and sign up for your free account and earn a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Hello, everybody. It's Jess just popping in here to remind you all to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. Daryl Sutter's comments about Gaudreau's 500th game were so unbelievably uncalled for. If you did not hear them, I'm going to assume that you are living under a rock, but he said something along the lines of, well, I sure hope he plays with more energy than he did in his 498th and 499th game. Like, are are you kidding me right now? A lot of people were bothered by it, and I can absolutely see why. You know, reaching a milestone like that is huge. And I think you kind of expect people to be happy for you when you reach, you know, a milestone like that. <laughs> you know, I think in my, you know, day-to-day life like, oh, my friend's starting a new job at this awesome company. It's their first job out of college. I'm so excited for them. I'm not going to say, "Oh, I hope that, you know, you work harder than you did at uh, the grocery store when you were 16." Like you know, you want a good support system around you. And I, I don't know, I having a coach make that kind of comment is just so unnecessary and uncalled for. And I don't think that that's the support system you need. Like you want people in your corner. And when a coach doesn't have your back, it's just bad, you know, like, I understand that he hasn't been playing his best hockey or anything, but there's a much better way to phrase what he said. And Gaudreau's response was, yeah, I heard it. And he said something along the lines of, oh, I didn't think much of it. And I thought that it was, you know, a classy response. Uh, You know, I don't think he is going to air out his dirty laundry with Daryl Sutter on you know, in a post-game press conference or on a radio call-in interview sort of thing. But people were also bothered by it because he shrugged off the comments and was like, yeah, I didn't think much of it. Okay, well, clearly his coach doesn't think much of him. So why should he think much of his coach in that remark? You know what I mean? I don't, it would be, it'd be an issue no matter what he said. If he was like, oh, yeah, you know, I heard it and it really bothered me. It hurt my feelings. And now I'm going to cry about it to you guys. Like, what does that do? It makes him look like I just like I don't like a, a quote unquote weakling. Like, oh, he can't handle criticism. He he's not even playing good hockey. So, yeah, of course, he deserves that kind of praise and those kind of those kinds of criticisms. But then he says something like, yeah, like, oh, I didn't think much of it. Oh, you you don't think highly of your coach. You don't think you don't think your coach's criticism is valid. Sure, I think my coach's criticism is valid when he's critiquing my game, when he's asked about my game and not about a milestone. You know, I just think that there's a huge difference and so many people have said like, "Boy, I did not miss this in hockey. I did not miss all of this. I didn't miss his comments, you know, oh, this is your guy. And it's like, yeah, for the next three years, it is unfortunately. But, you know, I think that a lot of people need 
to come to the ter- come to terms with the fact that the Gaudreau era in Calgary is more than likely ending, and he has one year left on his contract. I thought that his contract was up at the end of this year, so I looked like an idiot tweeting that out before fact checking. But I'm hopeful that all of these players land somewhere where they are respected, where they'll grow and blossom into players that they deserve to be, uh, they deserve to be. Yeah. Like, I don't, (laughs) I don't know. I just think that there is an issue in Calgary and I don't know, I don't necessarily think it's the coaching. I, sure with Jeff Ward it was, but with Daryl Sutter, you know, you have such a highly respected coach that a month into his tenure is um, being questioned. So that's all I have for you guys today. Tomorrow we will talk about the wonderful game against the Jets tonight, which of course, you know, Markstrom starting in net. So kind of, you know, we'll see what we're working with there. But Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and follow us on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Bye-bye.